0: Welcome back to the AmiTalk Spotlight series. This is the series where we go deep on the technologies we believe in, or quite frankly, the ones we want to learn more about. And that's definitely the case that we have today. So I'm excited because I'm sitting here with Tomas Diaz of Flex Receipts. He's the founder, co-founder and CEO uh, of the world's leading digital receipt solution, that's and right. we want to learn more about that. And now I've known Tomas for a long time. We, we go back a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so I jumped at the chance to sit down with him here at shop.org to hear more about his story. So let's start, Tomas. What is Flex
1: Receipts? All right, man. So Flex Receipts uh, takes a spin on just the humble receipt or the, just even the humble digital receipt technology that exists out there. So you guys are probably familiar with it. You may, may have gotten a digital receipt from Square or Home Depot mm-hmm. uh, for that matter. What our company does is we take that to another level by uh, making it a smart, enhanced digital receipt. Okay. Most retailers, when they're doing a digital receipt today, they simply do a very static um, message or it's the same kind of receipt to everybody. Our capability or our technology allows a retailer to better personalize and target that receipt mm-hmm. to have better coupons, offers, promotions, better targeted content on this uh, medium that a uh, consumer will actually pay attention to, open, and engage with.
0: And because when you say content, you're not talking just static content anymore. Like in, the, in the, some of the demo videos I've seen, it's, it's, it's we're talking video content in oh, the receipt and yeah, things that you would find traditionally on social media. So, yeah. so yeah. How, how did you guys, you know, discover that or think about that, or and, and
1: how do you look at that? Yeah. So, you know, just a quick story is um, when I was at Whirlpool Corporation, which is okay. where I was uh, prior to starting Flex Receipts. I used to have the Constanza wallet, right? So the okay. yeah, wallet yeah, yeah, full of yeah, yeah. receipts. I used to lean over to oh, one the, side. He's a Seinfeld <laughs> yeah. guy. Oh, this yeah, is fantastic. Know, be good. Oh, this it's it's good. The listeners be good. are gonna love. This would be great. All right, great. So, you know, one easy thing that I that I found was, you know, there's all this data that's on the paper receipts, right? Right. And um, you know, retailers at that time were trying to figure out also how to capture more addresses, email addresses, and things of that nature. Apple pioneered the digital receipt about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. right? And so what we said is, okay, could all of a sudden retailers take this concept of a receipt and use it to engage the customer, right? Mm. So at the same time we started doing that, kind of retailers try to started figuring out that how to do that on their own. Mm. So what we did is we said, okay, well, it, it's not enough to do a digital receipt, right? how can we take this and really enable the retailers to take the the advantage or full advantage of the capability? Because what we saw, if you take a look at the Home Depot receipt, what most retailers will do is just actually send a PDF or basically just a static copy of that receipt, which is almost just like, you know, Xeroxing the receipt and just mailing it to somebody. There's no use of that at all. So what we just quickly found is, all right, we can take advantage of this need of this gap in the marketplace, and how do we really take advantage of technology to get people to engage? It? And what we've seen is that engagement rates on the digital receipts are phenomenal, are through the roof. It's the best email you can send out. Yeah. So that's what got us to how do we take the latest and greatest technology, and how do we you know really uh, kind of level up on this um, new, this old technology of receipts?
0: Right. So kind of receipt marketing on steroids. So. That's right. So how does a guy? So okay, this we always love the origin story too. So how does a guy from Whirlpool? Yeah. Say, and we heard a little bit about the. Stands a lot, but so how did what was that transition like? How did you say, "Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to found this company, and this is what I'm going to do"? And, and what did you learn? What did you have to learn? And how did you make this happen?
1: Yeah, man. So I'll tell you this. Um, well, one is I come from an entrepreneurial family, so I'm okay. originally from Colombia, uh, okay. in South America, yeah. and you know my parents are entrepreneurs, right? Okay. They've never held a job in corporate America, whatnot. So I grew okay. up kind of seeing that and traveling the world with them and being entrepreneurial. So. When I went to college and then I got my MBA, I thought, well, I'm a little raw to kind of start my own company, so I wanted to go and, and actually okay. work for a Fortune 500 okay. company. So I went and kind of went to the highest bidder, to be honest okay. with you. Okay, sure. right. yeah, As now, an entrepreneur would. I'll, okay. I'll go anywhere. <laughs> so I went to St. Joseph, Michigan. And, <laughs> okay, all yeah, right. In my, in my mind, I was like, you know, I'll only be here for about three years and I'll just kind of learn the ropes, yeah. get polished. Um, and uh, that's actually what I did, but Whirlpool was actually a really great place. I ended up staying for 10 years mm-hmm. um, and just climbed the ladder and then different um, organizations. but. Well, one of the pretty cool things was, is that at Whirlpool, I worked and I sold uh, with some of the nation's largest retailers. Okay, so Sears, so you got a taste Lowe's, of retail. So Sears, Lowe's, Home Depot... So in starting to work with those retailers, I really kinda got a love and an act for like what what gets you know the consumer to tick? You know, how do we work, you know, collaboratively with a retailer to try to get a product to, to be sold? Um and also at that time I was spending millions of dollars with Nielsen on okay. uh, on market share just to find out, well, hey, you know, <laughs> I'm selling this much of product quarterly and just spending crazy amounts of money for that which actually wasn't that informative so as an entrepreneur I had in my mind I had done what I needed to do at Whirlpool and I said man here's an opportunity and that's what you know actually just got me the courage to jump and start a company so I went and, and that's the story.
0: And now when was that? How long ago was that? That
1: was in two thousand and. Ten, so it's going to be eight 10, years. ago. Wow, eight! So you've been yeah. doing this
0: eight years. Eight years, wow, That's yeah.
1: fantastic. That's crazy.
0: So, I, in researching your your backstory, I came across a I came across an acronym that I, I have to ask you about. Yeah, I think you know what it's going to yeah. be. What is B Is that how you say that's it? That's right, right. The okay. B right, Everybody the BHAG. has
1: to have a HAG. Okay. You know you, right. I know you'll okay. subscribe to okay. this. Okay, I will. I you, think you, I will. You have to have big hairy, and audacious goals, right? And that's actually something that I learned at Whirlpool. Okay. Is, you know, you know, especially as an entrepreneur or as a retailer, I think nowadays, I think this is very special for retailers. It's not, a, it's not only about surviving, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's about how do you transform, how do you innovate, and, and I have found them throughout my career, and also by being an entrepreneur. You don't do it by just kind of trying to hit a single or a double. You know, it's about trying to hit home runs, mm-hmm. right? And that's what mm-hmm. I tell my team all the time. We have to set out big, hairy, audacious goals for yeah. ourselves, because, you know, you, you've heard the saying, you know, if you're aiming for the moon, you may land on the stars. You may not get to the moon, right, but you right, get there. Right, right. So that's, right. that's been always the philosophy. How do you go hard? How do you go after it? And, you know, and as, so far for us, that's, we've been very fortunate uh, to have that mentality. I think my team gets a little tired sometimes, okay. to be honest yeah. with you. And they're like, okay, enough. <laughs> Big fire. <stretch> <laughs> hey, enough, yeah. enough, right? Maybe just let us get a home right, game, A little right. double or single. Right. Yeah, those are good too. <laughs> yeah. yep. Yep. But, uh, no, that, that's what
0: that means. Well, and I imagine that's ebbed and flow a lot in eight years, too. I mean, yeah. you guys have had a lot of recent success, we too, have. I think. Yeah. You know, just with the under... I'd love to hear about the Under Armour deal, whatever you can share there. Sure. And, and how does that play into the big, audacious goals? And, and specifically, like, what's next for you guys? Yeah. I'd love to hear how you're thinking about that.
1: Yeah, so for us, um, you know, when, when, we, when this kind of started, it was just about how do we make a, a big, transformative company that, mm-hmm. you know, will really help a retailer better understand and engage their customer. So, <clears throat> you know... It, there has been some ebbs and flows. So when you're just starting out and you, when you're starting from scratch, you know, it took us about two years to just land a customer, mm. right? To really figure out what what was the market, what was the product that we were going to be able to sell. You know, now, fortunately, we've made some good partnerships with point of sale companies. We've okay. made some good end roads uh, with good retailers. And so, like you mentioned, you know, some of our most recent cus- customers are Under Armour, Michael Kors, At Home Furniture. You know, we have Oakley, GNC, mm. they've been longstanding customers. good with companies, us. yeah. Yeah, so... You know, for us, you know, that's it has ebbed and flows. But for us, what's next is how do we take this foundation that we have, right? And how do we now, you know, go and, and sell to you know all of retail, right? Mm-hmm. We've had tremendous learnings over the past three or four years, and what we we've got some pretty tremendous learnings. I can get into that those kind of things. But you know, what we want to do is use using the digital receipt as a base. How we build, how do we build a set of products around that mm-hmm. that help solve deep retail problems? Mm-hmm. And we think we have a plan for that. And we have some actually even bigger hairy audacious goals now. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Uh, can you share any of those? Yeah, so, so for us, it, it's like this. Okay, so what the digital receipt does is, number one, it puts a customer identifier. So mm-hmm. obviously, you're capturing an email address. Mm-hmm. And two, it's a channel for um, communicating with the customer. Right. So now what we're saying is, okay, that's been pretty successful, right? But it's only a, a sliver of what a retailer thinks about. It's only mm-hmm. a point of time, right? However, it's uh, the receipt and the purchase is a very important flag uh, for a retailer. It, it signals brand preference. It obviously has signaled intent. It signals frequency. So what we're saying is, okay, mm-hmm. with that data, mm-hmm. how does that become launch, launch points for other things, right? Mm-hmm. So as an example, as an some example. of the things mm-hmm. that we have um, in, pi- in betas and pilots right now is um, the concept of the receipt is the enabler. Mm-hmm. So with some retailers, the receipt then now triggers different workflows and different communication streams. So as an example, it can trigger for a retailer, it triggers um, a customer journey, so a welcome campaign. It triggers within their email service platform a cross-sell email, an upsell email. It triggers a win-back campaign if we haven't seen, seen them over time, right? Mm-hmm. But it's all automated and based on that digital receipt on that one, one point in flag time. So that the receipt and the data within the receipt enables this journey for you as a customer, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one piece. The other piece is the receipt also enables a ton of feedback from the for, from the customer. Mm. So we've seen, mm. so our, re- our receipts get opened 70 to 80% of the time from an open rate perspective. Wow, okay. And what's even more interesting is they get opened three to five times on average. Okay, wow. So when you think about that, there's no other email that yeah. people you know do that with
0: and in contrast to a physical receipt i mean
1: when just i'm just lucky you might take <laughs> it that's yeah, right. right that's right. right right so why why this is important is you have a very captive audience with these receipts right, right? so what we see is that um, people are also especially your customers when they buy with you is when they're most excited about you as a brand and when they're most excited about the products that they've purchased it's when they have the strongest brand affinity so they're more likely to give you feedback on their store, on their mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. So the receipt acts then as an enabler for that. Mm-hmm. So we get people to fill out Net Promoter scores. Right. We fill, We get people to fill out Google it's a, it's Store a reviews. a tool to enable that. We right. get people to fill, give us um, product right. reviews and ratings. So all of a sudden, the receipt becomes right. this launch point and this enabler for all of these other whole other conversation. Person. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's so that when we think about, you know, what's next for the company, then we think that the receipt is a platform interesting. and that enables all these other things for a retailer, which then goes, it's, it's just much bigger.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's, I, I can remember running stores and all the surveys that we tried to get consumers to fill out, but it was always they get the receipt and then they had to do something else. That's whereas right. You're, you're, you're quickening and hastening the pace of that. Really? Oh, interesting. that's fast. So, so most yeah. of,
1: most of the times when people are trying to get receipts today, you guys are probably familiar with this. They'll put a, a they'll print something at the bottom of a receipt, like go to this website, right. and take this survey, and you'll be yep. entered into a sweepstake. We know that less than a percent of customers actually goes and does does that, right? On the digital receipt, you'll get 10 to 15 percent of your customers to take the that, take that survey. Mm-hmm. So a thousand percent increase. To give increase. you that <laughs> feedback, yeah, yeah exactly. Much more
0: scientific. Yeah. How long? Let's get you out of here on this, and then yeah. we'll, we'll we'll subject you to what we subject everyone to, which sure. is how millennial are you? But in your mind, how far out are we from just paper receipts? Going away. Like, how, how, how yeah. what's this curve here? That yeah, talking I, I, about?
1: I honestly, I think, my opinion, within 10 years, I think they'll 10 be gone, right? So you take a look at Apple, doesn't mm-hmm. even produce paper receipts anymore. Completely gone. They're gone. So, if, you know, they do, they, they do it right. They say, hey, mm-hmm. here we just do email receipts. What's mm-hmm. your email? What email mm-hmm. do you receive, mm-hmm. right? So they'll email it out. If a customer says, Hey, well, I want a paper receipt. They'll say, Okay, well, you have to wait in that line over there and right. you'll have to get a supervisor. Right. <laughs> and they're like, the customer's like, never mind. Right. I'll, I'll just do that. So, so I think retailers are starting to get a cue from that. What do you uh, think holds them back? Uh, like 10 uh, years is still,
0: you know, that's still a good period of time. I'll, what do I'll you tell think you holds them back? Yeah. I'll,
1: t- I'll tell you what. It's a little bit of the older demographics still. Okay. Because, you know, even, so you know, the current customer base, Yeah, yeah. current okay. customer base. So because, there are still some people in the different parts of, of america that still hey i want my paper absolutely. receipt <laughs> right? i had people writing checks yeah. <laughs> that's right no, you know i still want my paper receipt so you know like in, in many of our retailers um the adoption rate is about 50 to 60 percent so i mean 50 to 60 percent of the customers want a digital receipt okay so there's still 30 40 percent that don't once they have the option yeah. right so and I, I also think that there's a little bit of a fear Truthfully and rightfully, so that a customer will say, "Well, once they give you this email address, what are you going to do with it?" Right, <laughs> right, right. And we know what we know. We know that as a retailer, many retailers actually abuse that. Even you know they don't do a double opt-in or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They'll just take that and all of a sudden start spamming yeah, the customer right. which instead is not of giving the right them value thing. for that's right. it. Right? That's right, which
0: is really the key. And That's what Apple does too. Yeah. It's fascinating though, because all those demographics still shop at Apple. That's what I think That's is so crazy, fascinating, yeah. right? It's not a problem for them, but yet it's, so you know, the you would, it's you would, hard to cross that chasm. You
1: wouldn't, you wouldn't believe how many conversations, Chris, I have with people that are like, hey, I want to capture more email address. I wanna, I, and I say, okay, I got the way. We're just going to get rid of your printers. They're right. like, oh no, we could never do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could never do that, you know? I'm like, why not? Right. Why, why, right?
0: right. And yeah. it, it, you know, it's, I think and Those it's are just, the answers you get yeah, back, yeah, yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Yeah. Thank you for this interview. It's very insightful. Um, we're going to close it up here with something we always do do. And Great. so for those that are familiar with us, we play this game, How Millennial Are You? So I'm going to ask you four questions. Great. And the idea here is not, again, not to gauge how old you are, okay. but actually just gauge how, in, how curious you are around technology Great. and how the world is changing. I think based on that, definitely that last part of that segment, I think you're going to score really high. So uh, we'll see. So, all right. So a couple questions. Um, what would you prefer?
1: Would you prefer an exotic vacation or your own Ferrari? Exotic vacation, definitely. Okay, yeah. why is that? <laughs> um, I love to tr- travel, man. You love to travel? I love to travel, and um, I think, you know, I've been blessed throughout my career, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've done well for mm-hmm. myself, and so for then you me... you live in a beautiful place now, right? I live in a great place, I live, I mean, I live in Florida, yep. you know, so for me, honestly, like, uh, you know, cars are nice and things like that, but, you know, it's not, it's not all that. and I know, I, I know what that may say about me, but for me, it's better time than No, hey, like check the millennial <laughs> box on that one, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, do you still have cable? I do not. Okay, I actually got rid of cable about ten years ago. Oh my gosh, are so you early yeah, adopter? Yeah, not adopter. surprising at all. He's <laughs> yeah. on the digital receipt bandwagon <laughs> yeah. and
0: the cut the cable bandwagon. It was more cut the expense bandwagon. Too, yeah, the startup hustle <laughs> that, bandwagon. That's yeah. right. we, we know that well too. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Let's say you go out to dinner. Yeah. Question three. You go out to dinner and, you know, you're setting the bill. You have to pay your friends back. Is it cash?
1: Are you using Venmo? How are you doing that? Yeah. You know, I, I have, I have not carried cash in my wallet for probably for five, six, seven years. I don't know the last time that I've used cash. So it's more of the Venmo. Yeah. Thing, me for too. Sure. Absolutely.
0: 100%. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then last question. This one, this one, you know, cuts a little closer to home. Oh boy. At home, do you sleep on a box spring mattress, or are you one of these direct-to-consumer memory foam mattresses?
1: You know, I haven't gone that route. Okay, yet. you're not four for four. You would've right. been the first four for four no, ever. Sorry, okay, I, ha- right. I haven't gone down that path solely okay. just because we have a pretty amazing mattress that we really like. Yeah. And but it might be time. It might be time. So uh, but no, I'm not four for four yet. Awesome, awesome. That was that was
0: one of the best scores I think we've had. Really so, fantastic. Yeah. Nice job. Well, hey, Tomas, thank you so much yeah. again, Tomas, co-founder and CEO of Flexure Seats. Thanks for a great interview and best of luck at the show shop.org hope it goes really well for
1: you likewise for you thank you
0: for those interested where can they find more about your company and about you
1: great yeah um, we are we're at flexreceipts.com so that's F-L-E-X flex receipts like the paper receipts R-E-C-E-I-P-T-S flexreceipts.com is our website Uh, my email is pretty easy Tomas T-O-M-A-S dot D-A-Z D-I-A-Z at flexreceipts.com and anybody can follow us at flexreceipts.com on Twitter as well
0: Awesome. That's great. And I, like I audience, I think check them out. You can, you've already heard from them. Lots of great companies are interested in this. It seems like, it seems like a curve that is going to continue to advance in terms of adoption. So check them out. And as always, thank you very much and be careful out there.
1: Awesome.